Hello and welcome. My name is Andy Crook and I'm your host for tonight's training topic, which is all called, which is called Train to Gain. Every week I try to go live and do a 15 minute uh, talk on one of the five pillars of business. Today we're talking about performance and particularly training needs. Before we go any further, I'd like to welcome everyone uh, to the podcast. Uh, if you're new here and it's your first time, welcome. Um, you'll get a flavour for what, what we, we cover in these training topics. If you return in and you've been many times before, welcome back. So without further ado, let's get on with today's topic, which is train to gain. Now I've got two favourite quotes around training, uh, and they kind of sum up a lot of attitudes towards training that I hear quite regularly when I speak to business owners. The first one is from Richard Branson, and he's uh, sort of commonly quoted to have said, train people well enough so they can leave, but treat them well enough so they don't want to, which is one attitude towards training your staff. Another one is attributed to Henry Ford, and he said, the only thing worse than training your employees and having them leave is not training them and having them stay, which is a particularly favourite of mine because obviously I'm into training. It's one of my core principles is continuous improvement and lifelong learning. They're two of my, uh, if you like, my values. So training is very, very dear to my heart, yet I understand why some business owners have reservations because it costs a lot of money it takes a lot of time and it requires, to do it properly, a significant amount of planning. So the first thing you must do when you look at training for yourself or your staff is identifying the training needs that your business has. And this is key and it should be part of your culture of your business. If you're looking at training as a way of going about, um, if you like, improving your business, then you, you should already have a, a mechanism, and we'll talk about it in a second, a mechanism for assessing where you need improvement and then set off on training that improves the business rather than just doing any old kind of training. Because what we want it, it, from a business perspective is we want to do put or engage our staff and, and even the business owners on training that improves the business or meets the needs of the business in the first instance. So we're going to talk about identifying the business training needs and we're going to look at three areas where, where I commonly see training take place, which is compulsory training and then addressing skills gaps and then the self-initiated learning. They're the three areas we're going to look at to begin with. So I, I would imagine that the very minimum any garage business does in terms of training is is the compulsory training that's needed to meet your mandatory requirements. So the, these are the training events that, that are required for compliance and regulatory needs. So what we're talking here is if you're an MOT garage, you need to do your annual MOT training. Now, I find this quite worrying uh, and I'm not an MOT uh, garage myself. So I had to look this up and I was sure it was wrong when I looked it up that the annual MOT training, the CPD for that is three hours a year. And I found that quite a small amount. So you may find yourselves as a business addressing, if, you, if you're an MOT garage, training needs around the compliance and regulatory needs. And the MOT is just one example, but it could also be 
a workplace self uh, safety, health and safety needs, or any legal obligations you have, or uh, maybe your insurance company has uh, some requirements for you for training. But if you think about the industry needs, uh, and we'll use the Institute of the Motor Industry as a, as a body um, here, uh, because they have a minimum CPD commitment of four days per year, which is starting to feel a bit more like the, the sort of minimum level that would be necessary to stay up to date in our industry. So they got the, if you like, the, the minimum of the minimum, three hours, and a kind of uh, another way of looking at it is, is four days of compulsory training. Now, their guidelines I probably like to see that number probably double to at least eight, but we're starting out here. If we haven't, if we're not already looking at training as a as a business requirement, we need to start thinking about what training we should be doing. So obviously, the first training you should training need you should address is any compulsory training that is required to stay compliant within your business. After that, we need to look at bridging skills gaps. So. This is identifying training needs within the business. And what you want to be able to do here is you need to have a mechanism for finding out when things aren't going so, so well. So within my business, and we've talked about this before, we have um, meetings and the, the, we have a one-to-one -one meeting um, in my business at least every month, whereby we speak to um, our staff. And in, in my case, in my role, I speak to... Um, one of the members of staff who does does the majority of our diagnostic work. And what we do is we pick a job uh, that hasn't gone so well. We discuss all the ones that have gone well uh, as, a, as a sort of introduction to this. But what we do is we drill down into what didn't go so well and we identify what the need, what why didn't it go well? What went wrong? Did we have a knowledge need? Did we have a skills need? Or did we have an information need? Because for the way I look at diagnostic jobs, they're the three things that are required. Uh, and if we keep on seeing a particular deficiency, and it's a skills or knowledge deficiency, that becomes a training need for that individ individual. So in one-to-one -one meetings, whether they be weekly, monthly, or quarterly, you should be identifying a training need for an individual. If it's then an equipment need, you can address that. But if it's skills or knowledge, this is where you can pick up where you need, where you identify training needs. There is also wider business needs. So if you're looking to expand the business and, and offer a new service, I always pick Aircon because it, it's a nice convenient one. We all understand what's required to do Aircon. You might send a member of staff who doesn't have any Aircon training on, on a course if you're going to introduce um, air conditioning into the business. So you're going to tailor your, tr your training need to specific job roles, whether they be existing job roles or, or an area you're looking to expand into. And therefore, the training need is, isn't so much an individual need, it's now a business need. And then you may also look at um, improving performance and productivity within the business. And often this comes down to equipment training needs. So you may have purchased a piece of equipment and you need to send staff on training to how to use that efficiently, or you might be looking at process training, and this could be in-house training on the various processes that you're developing to make your business more efficient. So there, if you like, bridging skills gaps. And then the third area of training that you may identify a training need in 
is what I call the self-initiated learning. And this is the power of curiosity, but this is within the professional realm. So it's, if you like, over and beyond normally, just the, the skills required to do the specific jobs. But this is more about lifelong learning and personal enrichment. Uh, and this could be simply qualifications and accreditations. So someone may have a, a desire to, to get a qualification and, and this is training to support that or ongoing training to achieve accreditations, such as ATA, for example. And what really self-initiated learning is about, this is when the member of staff is coming to you and is looking to learn more about specifically within, um, if you like, the professional area in which they work in and expanding their knowledge horizons, exploring diverse subjects, often beyond their immediate job roles. And a great example of this is job sharing, where you, you have a training day uh, and you, you might have someone from front of house who comes into the workshop to understand um, how the technician operates and how what they do in their job impacts on their effectiveness. And then the technician then swaps roles and they start to have a greater understanding of each other's roles. There, that's more beyond their immediate um, skill re requirements, but it's it's a kind of, if you like, uh, broadening their knowledge horizons around the operation of the whole garage. And this can be, you know, job sharing, uh, having the ability to do more than one job within the business as they get more and more um, experienced. So they're the three areas that, that we typically see um, training going on in within within the automotive sector. And training, as, as I've said, should be a planned activity. So you should be planning training for the um, the time it requires, yeah, the needs of the training, and also the cost of the training. It should be factored into your cost of doing business. And while most businesses will, will make time and stomach the cost of mandatory or compulsory training, it tends to be only the better businesses that will have a personal training plan for each of their members of staff. And a plan, not only for the, the members of staff, but those plans are to serve the, the, the bigger or wider business needs. And that's where you, you sort of go from good, sort of good to better, if you like, is by taking your training plan and then looking at it a little bit more holistically, looking at it from the top down and then from the bottom up. And, and that's where things start to improve. So what does that look like? Well, if you go beyond the job requirements, so the self-initiated learning we talked about earlier, if we go to personal development, and, we, and we're going way beyond job requirements here and start to understand what your staff like to do in terms of their interests and their hobbies. And are there any other skills, new skills, they could acquire for personal growth? Now, they might not be directly related to their job role, but it's just making them a, a, a better person, a more rounded individual, if you like, and exploring their passions outside of their professional roles. And you might think, well, what's that got to do with a business? Well, not a lot. But if you were a, a great business, you might be looking after your staff in that way, and you might be looking at things that, that aren't directly related to their job, professionally but just make them better people and they're you know i'll give you an example here it could be first aid as an example yeah unless you get to a certain size you don't need to have a first aid on on site but somebody might have an interest 
in first aid and want to do a first aid course. Why wouldn't you as a business do that? You, it's just something to think about. So beyond the individual uh, job requirements, what about team develop, development training days where we're fostering collaboration and growth and building better and more effective communication skills? Yeah. Co cultivating a cohesive team dynamic, doing team building exercise. They do, you don't have to go away to do them. You can do them within within the business if they're planned correctly, or you can get a company to come in and do it for you. There are many ways of looking at this. This way, we can encourage shared goals and values through this, these training sessions. We can get to know each other within the business a little bit better and sort of ha have some of these shared experiences. And what this, what you'll find with some of the, the, the sort of team development exercises and, and training sessions is you'll enhance leadership qualities within the team and explore how training programs can be tailored to benefit entire teams fostering a more productive and harmonious work environment that's the idea behind this type of training and then the finally the thing i wanted to talk about is is looking at training as a way of investing in employee employee loyalty and, and longevity basically how training can serve as a retention tool within your business. So if you're providing ongoing learning opportunities, this is a great retention strategy. You may not be able to compete with the garage down the road on price, but if you're willing to go out of your way and develop people uh, and align in training with their career and personal goals and their growth paths, it demonstrates the organization's commitment to employee development. The apprentice can see the path all the way to becoming the manager. Or beyond uh, and you can show how you're going to support them all the way through uh, and obviously their their career goals will change as 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 time moves on but what we're looking here what we're trying to do is improve job satisfaction and engagement through skill enhancement because it's a great way to strategically use your training plan yeah, as in initiatives for retaining talent within an organization and highlight in the correlation between training opportunities and employee loyalty. It's a lot to think about if you're not actually doing training plans with your staff or you don't actually look at training as a way to, to improve your business. But training is one way to, to look at how you can sort of, if you like, address the training needs of your business, where you can satisfy compulsory or mandatory training requirements but it's the self-initiated learning, the if you like, the the training that you do that goes above and beyond just the the direct job roles, that that is probably going to have the most influence on your staff, and then once once you take away the the the, the training that that they can see is directly related to what they do for you, and you start to provide training that where they can see that they be. It's not just for the business, but it's also helping them and achieve their personal as well as their professional goals. I'm sure that has a bearing on um, retention. Uh, I couldn't find any figures for it because I think it's so subjective um, at the moment with, with the way things are. But you would like to think that if if there was a way you could look after your, your staff better, uh, and if you thought one that, that would be have a, if you like, a double-edged sword of both benefits, it's it's providing training you have better staff you have a better business uh, and hopefully that um that comes back in terms of, of of retention and loyalty from the staff 
So what's the atomic action uh, from today's training? Well, the first thing is devise a training plan for 2024 that meets the mandatory training requirements. As a minimum, that's what you should do in as a business. Allow the time and resources, both um, cash and facilities, to, to, to deliver that training if you're doing it in-house or if you're going, doing it externally, to, to make it sure that it, it provides real value, not only to the members of staff that do that training, but to the business. That's the first thing. Come up with a plan, make sure everybody's on board and nothing's missed. If you've already done that, start devising a personal development plan for all your staff that recognises their professional and personal ambitions. And you won't go far wrong. Training is vital in our industry. It's one of the fastest moving industries uh, out there. The, the, the pace of technolo technological change requires us to become ever greater at our, in terms of our skills and our knowledge base. But training people to be better people is also as, as important within your business. If I've made you think about how you run your business and specifically how you think about training within your garage business, then I've done my job. Thanks for listening. See you all soon. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.